Welcome back to Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. We have amazing, the absolutely amazing Eileen Baldry on the phone from uh, University of New South Wales. Uh, she's the Deputy Vice-Chancellor of University of New South Wales and she is a criminology and equity, diversity, inclusion guru. Eileen, thank you for being here again with us. Now, you mentioned something before that I wanted to pick up and and it's in regards to Indigenous uh, incarceration and the the abhorrent, um, abhorrent amount of Indigenous people that are that are incarcerated in, in this country. Um, can you have a chat to us a little bit about how we can assist, how the, the justice system can, can look to provide better services, better opportunities and support the Indigenous, uh, the Indigenous and First Nations people more in, in attempting to reduce those numbers? Yeah, certainly. Um, look, I'd like to start with something reasonably recent, and that is the Uluru Statement from the Heart. In many ways, for me, that encapsulates what I've been seeing over decades in um, working with um, people who have been in prison or are in prison and who are Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people. Um, and the key there is we non-Aboriginal people and and all of our justice systems are set up and run by non-Aboriginal people on the whole. We non-Indigenous people have to listen to what Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples are telling us about why this um, their people are so overrepresented, um, and what the solutions they know will apply. Now, I'll just say a couple of things. You know, I've, I've been doing this for a very long time, and I can tell you and all your listeners categorically it is not because Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are more criminal, they are not. Um, I, I've had the privilege of working with um, a number of fabulous uh, colleagues and researchers like Chris Canine, who have worked in um, the area of uh, Indigenous justice for a very long time. But I've also had the privilege, enormous honour, of, of working, uh, and listen, working with and listening to Aboriginal people in their communities in communities in New South Wales and Northern Territory in particular. And the things that stand out for me are that um, all those Aboriginal persons who end up in prison as adults, not all, but many of them have been through the juvenile system. So that's the first thing to be really alert to and, I, and and maybe you Lucas and Lucia and maybe your listeners saw over the last couple of days that there has been quite a lot of discussion about raising the age of criminal responsibility yeah. now at the moment across Australia in every jurisdiction it is 10 mm. 10 years old yes. so the police can arrest a 10 year old for an offence. Now, you know, I, 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 you know, I have grown kids, but when they were kids, I, and I'm sure you know, you know this. You know, ten-year-olds. What 
you know, they, th- this is, it is outrageous and it is utterly against the rights of the child. It is utterly against the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Children, on the Rights of People with Disability, on the Rights of, of Prisoners, and on, on Human Rights. So that's maybe the first thing to say that we should fight as hard as we can to raise that age of criminal responsibility so that if those kids are in trouble, they get help and support, they don't get arrested, they don't get held in a police cell, they don't get criminalised. And so my next thing is that um, what I've seen in all of the work I've done over many years where, you know, I've, I've followed um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men and women um, through their lives in, um, in relationship to, to the criminal justice system is that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are criminalised early and often compared to non-Aboriginal people. So true. And this, yeah, and, and this is so obvious in a place like Western Australia, so, which has, has a shockingly high rate I mean, you know, it's it's something like four thousand per hundred thousand. Now, you know, that is compared with, you know, a hundred and eighty non-indigenous. So, you know, we as a society have to take responsibility for this, and we have to recognise that all of the things that white invasion has done in Australia, that is, we have. Um, uh, we've killed Aboriginal people, we've stolen their kids, um, we've taken them, um, stolen their land. And, and this is not to say, oh, woe is, you know, this, this is about responsibility. And this is about, well, you just put yourself, at, you know, if you're a white person, just put yourself in that position and, and think, well, goodness me, you know, would I have survived? So, you know, we, we, we have to put this in a colonised um, situation and think about how we decolonise our systems so that we don't racially discriminate against Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders because that's, that's what happens. We see it time and again. That's so so true, especially in the especially in the West Australian context, and and you know obviously we have a, a large proportion of our listeners here, and we do have a a large proportion of of, of First Nations people as our as our audience, and uh, we know both both Alicia and I work um, with at risk um, at risk young people, and the the, the the similarities as to what you just talked about then in a youth space is, is mirrors it effectively mirrors the experiences that i actually saw myself when i served my own period of incarceration is that the people that are getting um you know affected by the justice system early and criminalized early look the same and are the same when they are 30 and when they're 20 and 30 year old guys it's it getting early and staying early seems to be almost a motto and it's a scary thing eileen it really is well, it, it certainly is. And, you know, there's a, um, a really strong element in this that we Australians use prison in the same way that um, the UK, we learned from the British, but um, we've also, of course, learned from the US. 
What, what do we use prisons for? The majority of things we use prison for are social problems, social issues. Um, you know, yes, there are some people in prison who are dangerous, um, but, you know, what we are now talking about are, you know, kids who haven't had the opportunities, who've got disability or who are homeless or, you know, who haven't had opportunities at education. Yeah, these are social issues. They're not, they, they shouldn't be criminalised. Absolutely. Aline, we want to, we're wondering if you can hang around for an extra extra break and we'd love to have a chat to you about education and about its importance after the break. Would you be okay to hang around? Of course.